Hello. Now, this is episode 195, and in it, we're going to be talking about the stories that we tell ourselves that may sabotage our renovation or new build project. I'm bringing you a special guest who has bucket loads of experience in helping people bust their stories wide open. Now, her name is Lisa Cordoff, and she's got a huge amount of wisdom to share that I know is going to be amazing for you. Her work is something that I've had personal experience in and in the work that I do with homeowners all over Australia and around the world, both male and female, I know that it's going to be relevant for you too because like it or not, we have these embedded beliefs and versions of reality that we carry around in our behaviour, our habits and our thought patterns and that can impact how we navigate our projects, the types of homes that we create and how well the journey goes for us as well. And the thing is that once you're aware of these beliefs, of these stories, well, it's seriously powerful for changing your experience, creating different opportunities, and also showing up as a truer version of yourself, which then actually enables you to create a home that really works for you. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience, I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great, and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated, and empowered as you design, build, or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014. And it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic, feel-good family home. One that works for you now and into the future one that is sustainable and affordable, and that helps you live a great lifestyle, both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with, and whatever your dreams, your location, or your budget, consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now, before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. And that's project plan spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. That's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop. And now let's get on with the episode. Here we go. Now in my 25 plus years experience of working with hundreds and hundreds of homeowners, I find this to be true. The way that you do life is the way that you do your renovation and building project. And the way that you do your renovation and building project, it's generally the way that you do life. And when you're renovating or building and you're investing time, energy and money, it highlights the behaviours, the mindsets, the communication styles that may not be consciously known in your everyday life, but really get concentrated under the stress and pressure that can happen during your project. Renovating and building your family home, it's often a big emotional undertaking. And the creation of your future family home is not only about navigating an industry that you may think that you're familiar with thanks to reality TV and then soon discover that you're not. It also involves the expenditure of big funds, and so it's related to our money mindset as well. And it ties into our aspirations, you know, emotional baggage that we have around what home means to us, the goals that we have for our family, families, and also what others think of us and the vision that we have for our future lifestyle. Women in particular, when they're tackling these projects, they're operating inside a male-dominated industry, and that can put a huge amount of pressure uh, on them to create homes that measure up 
to their own expectations and also to those imposed on them by their family, their friends and their community. Our homes also can have status attached to them and this status can be socioeconomic, it can be related to our stylishness, our financial success, there's a raft of these things and yet, you know, this is the thing about homes, they can and they should be a really personal expression of self, of what we value and what matters to us. And I particularly see women and men, but particularly women, wanting to be brave in their choices, but their head logic can sometimes override their heart-driven wishes with what's on trend, what makes sense for resale and what others may think of the decisions that they're making. Meanwhile, there's actually the potential for us to limit what we actually deserve or what we want to embrace for our future. And so that can limit or sabotage our projects, progress and outcomes as well. Plus, and the list keeps going, there's also challenges around what we actually make the interactions that we have with others during our project actually mean to us. You know, there's things like, does our builder or architect actually like me? Or am I labelled as that nagging client that they complain to others about? So in this podcast episode, we're going to dive into how we can be more aware of the stories that we tell ourselves and then how we can change them to be more empowering, to actually help us be more relaxed and to help us show up for ourselves and our families in the truest way possible, both in our projects and in our lives. Now, to the men listening, before you hop off and think this isn't for you, I really believe that this information is relevant for men as much as it is for women. Having been inside a male-dominated industry for over 25 years now, I've worked closely with a lot of male colleagues, male consultants, male builders, and also inside my other business that I have, Live Life Build, I have a male business partner and he and I are regularly coaching and supporting our mostly male builder members. And so I know that men are not immune to this. You also tell yourselves a bunch of stories that change the way that you behave, the way that you show up and what you make things mean. And so if you're male, I really encourage you, don't tune out now and think this episode is just for the female UA community members. I really encourage you to listen and to see how this information could help you too. Now, my guest for this episode is Lisa Cordoff. So I want to share a little bit about Lisa, but not too much because you're going to hear her share more of her story in our conversation in this episode. So Lisa Cordoff helps women upgrade their mindset, uh, get unstuck and change the stuff that's not working in their life. As a solo mum of three, she's all about skipping straight to the hacks and techniques that actually work whilst avoiding the perfectionism and overwhelm that can so easily keep us trapped. Now, when I asked you uh, for podcast topic suggestions, one message that I got loud and clear over and over was that you actually wanted to hear more about some of the things that I've personally done in my own life to navigate life, to navigate business, to navigate Uh, the projects that I've done with clients and my own renovation projects. And so, you know, they actually say, and I mentioned it in this interview, that having a business is one of the biggest exercises that you can have in personal growth. And I would, I would say that that's definitely true. And I know that there's loads that I do in my personal and my professional life to actually help and support me in the roles that I have as a wife, as a mum, as a daughter, as a friend, as a business owner, as a business coach and as an architect. Now, I've known Lisa for quite a few years now and you'll hear us talk about her Ready for Change online program. And I actually did uh, Lisa's Ready for Change program back in 2019. So I had some huge personal challenges across 2018, 2019 and then into early 2020. I won't go into them in detail, but um, they, they made the year that we had in 2020 since COVID hit look like a bit of a walk in the park, frankly. And I found that I, you know, when these personal challenges started hitting me in 2018, I just didn't have the personal resources or the toolkit to navigate these personal challenges in a way that was going to be helpful. Uh, And Lisa's program was one of the resources that I tapped into and I found it an amazing gateway into really changing how I manage my thoughts and my subconscious to serve me in a way that's more supportive and kind and actually changes the behavior and the way that I show up. So I've since found loads of other help and support for this because I see it's being so pivotal and powerful in my life. So, you know, there's meditation, there's self-hypnosis, there's general hypnosis, there's mindset coaching, it goes on and on. And, you know, these are all things that I do on a regular basis in my everyday life. But Lisa's program, Ready for Change, it was actually a brilliant and eye-opening exploration into the beliefs and the habits I had inherited and perpetuated for decades and really about how I could start creating new and more empowering ones as well that were actually going to serve and help me. 
Now, if you're listening to this episode uh, on or near the time of release, which is early May in 2021, Lisa's actually running a free video series that's going to help you feel better now. So she's going to be opening the doors as well to her next round uh, of Ready for Change soon as well. So I know that I'm looking forward to a refresher. You get to jump in uh, if you've joined previously and get to revisit it as part of the live round every time she runs it. So you know, I find that when it comes to you becoming aware of the stories that you tell yourself, the work is never over. It's uh, it's never really done with. You just keep un- unlocking and taking the layers off and finding uh, new and more interesting stories. So if you head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash Lisa, uh, there's going to be the links there for this episode. Uh, you can find out more about Lisa and uh, access all of her platforms. Uh, I'll also have a link there for the free video series if you're listening to this around the time of release and also for more information around her program Ready for Change. So without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Lisa. I really do hope that you find this incredibly helpful, not only for your reno or building project, but for your life as well. Well, Lisa, it is so fantastic to have you here. I am so excited to be introducing you to those in the UA community who have for some reason been under a rock and not heard about you and the work that you do and uh, and to be sharing your knowledge and your experience uh, in working in the way that you do with so many women because I think it's going to be incredibly powerful for um, not only the audience to hear but just to see how it translates to their everyday life, not just their, their project experience. And when I think about... Um, the help that I want to give the UA community. It's not just the tactical tips and strategies of, you know, the things that they need to know about home design, building and renovating, but it's also about who they need to be to realise these dreams and ambitions that they have for their future home and their future lifestyle that they want their family to lead. So I know it's just going to be brilliant uh, to bring your wisdom and uh, to the podcast and I'm super excited about it. So I thought maybe if we could just start with you introducing yourself a little bit and talking about how you actually got into this work, because when I first came across you, you were teaching people who in families like you with very small children I also had three kids under the age of four so I know <laughs> I remember what that time was like and uh and you were teaching women how to be able to make it simpler to cook whole foods and 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 uh decent meals for their families so can you just give us a little bit of background about how you got into the work that you do now yes Ah, oh, the old three kids under four. Uh, everyone's always like, you really did that? Yes. <laughs> um, so thank you for having me, first of all. So back in the day, uh, I started, I I moved to a new city. I didn't know anyone. I started a blog, like pretty cliche right there. And I was just learning how to eat from, eat actual food apart, from, you know, aside from just going for the jars and packets of things. And so I was just sharing it. And it really started to take off. And so I created a, a an e-course called Small Steps to Whole Foods. And it was just really, it was just all about like going, well, we could just have an egg for breakfast and that could be a good place to start, really simplifying all that sort of stuff. And the business grew and grew and grew and I had memberships and all sorts of things. And I kept on, you know, I was looking at the women in, these, in this community, in this Small Steps community, and I was just fascinated about why some women would just would get the knowledge and then they just go forth and they were like, great, bang, 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 bang. Others would be like, I am so here. I am so ready. This is going to be amazing. And they'd really go at it like really hard. And then they just, then they'd have an off week and then it would be gone, done. Like, And then there were others who couldn't even get themselves off the blocks you know, they would say they wanted it and then they wouldn't do anything about it. And I started to really become quite obsessed about, I was already really interested in behavior change, but really looking at these women and just thinking like, I literally can't make it simpler for them. Like this is not complicated. Nothing about this is fancy. I'm not asking them to be a hero. I'm just asking them to have a go. And, uh, and so it couldn't be simpler. So what else is going on here? And I realized that uh, I started to do a lot of work, you know, in the personal development space and all that sort of thing um, for myself. I had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life that I was trying to work out. And, you know, and I was also a a business owner. So I was growing my business and, and wondering why I would get to certain plateaus, just like these women with food. We all get to a point where we're like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Or why am I doing things the same old way when I know different now? Or why I've done all this learning, but it's not actually 
shifting things in my everyday. What is happening here? And I started to learn about, you know, our brains and how they work. And and when I started to understand about our subconscious and that most of our lives are a reflection of what's happening at a subconscious level, like all of the things, like all our habits, like you think, you don't consciously think about how you get out of bed unless you're in pain or something like that. You're not like, okay, I'm going to lift this right leg up and over <laughs> at this angle. Like we just do things on autopilot, right? It's it's all coming from our subconscious. It stores everything for us. And so that is like, if you think about the food we eat, of course, that's m- mostly habitual. Most people get into habits around food. And it's also the same with thoughts about everything. We just have these habitual thought patterns. Our brain loves to just do things the same way over and over again. We live in a really overwhelming world. There's so many inputs for our poor little brains. And so it's constantly trying to filter. It's constantly trying to make our lives easier. And it's and it loves its comfort zone. So it just keeps repeating the same patterns. So unless you understand how to get to that subconscious level, unless I un- helped those women work out what their subconscious stories, I call them, were around food, like it's never going to work for my family or I'm I'm too busy for this. If that's what they believed at a subconscious level, then no matter what they were saying out loud, no matter what programs that they were applying for and signing up to, they were always going to be going themselves. back and living out their yeah. truth. They would. Yep. And then they'd be hard on themselves and we create this shame and guilt spiral, but we don't actually understand where it's coming from in the first place. So to me, it just felt like the most important thing to teach women is like, hey, it's not you. It's literally your brain. And we can work on that. Like we can hack this. So, um, yeah, that's why I created my program Ready for Change, which you've done. Yes. And uh, because I just feel like if there's any area of your life where you're kind of feeling stuck, you're repeating patterns, you're not sure why you've kind of reached some sort of plateau then you'll know the frustration and it's okay because there's there's a way to the other side. There's a way to kind of unstuck yourself, I guess. Yeah. And so that's a pretty long-winded version of why. No, and I think that I think there'll be so many people that just relate to that picture that you've laid out and potentially having big aha moments or at least feeling okay, um, so this actually happens to everybody and I'm not just a freak or a strange person or, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody this morning and they was they were saying, oh, I'm just a procrastinator. I leave things to the last minute. That's just who I am. And I actually mm-hmm. said, do you understand that's a story that you're telling yourself and you could equally tell yourself a different story and it might be interesting mm-hmm. to play with the different story to see what then results you could create. Because if you're constantly creating from a place where you believe something negative about yourself, that's going to totally mm. impact your level of motivation, how you can show up. And I found that when I did your Ready for Change program, you know, I'd, I'd already been doing a, a, that personal work. And as a business owner as well, you know, you do find that it's kind of probably the biggest personal growth exercise you go through as well. And, mm, totally. and, and I think that too, working with women and men, but mostly women inside the Undercover Arctic community, I also could see that I could give them all of these tools and knowledge. Some were, it was just like they'd hit the ground running. It was, they just had the permission that they needed to be able to open their mouth and have the terminology, have the questions they needed to ask and they could fly at it. Others um, just could not still put it all together and were very, very negative in the way that they spoke about themselves and those types of things. And so it was really enlightening to be able to start to do this work on myself and do your program, see this in a community of women who are all, the stories are so similar. It's just quite extraordinary. And you see how much of it is conditioned by where we've come from, what the families we've grown up in, you know, those kinds of things, cultural norms, all of that type of stuff. So I'm wondering if you can actually share with us what some of those common stories that you hear are and that you see people busting left, right and centre. It's always so exciting to see people go, oh my gosh, that's a complete story and I'm going to rewrite that and I'm going to rewrite it now. So can you share some of those that you really experience? Yes. Well, I mean, it was interesting because with this interview, I was thinking in particular about about people and their homes and starting new projects and 
you know, making lots of decisions and all of that sort of thing. And I thought so much of so much uh, with with women, we have a lot of stories around self-worth. So we have a lot of stories of why we maybe don't deserve to have what it is that we want, um, that we maybe are lacking in confidence to actually trust decisions like ourselves to make certain decisions. I think a lot of us, a lot of women, and, and, and it becomes a worth thing, we create these stories around standards and it's perfectionism. You know, you hear it like, if I can't do it perfectly, I don't want to do it at all. And perfection, it doesn't even really exist. It's just something that we've created in our head that we hold ourselves to and then we end up telling ourselves all these stories about how we're doing things badly when we made up the standard in the first place and we can absolutely change it. And I think, you know, when you see a a woman and and it happens all the time, um, there's a lot of stories around comparison. So, and I don't know if this is in your community, like, well, look at what they've done. I could never. Like, that's not that's not possible for me, surely. Like, yeah, that's good for her, but I'm so bad at this or that or the other. And when you realise that that comparison, it's like this mental game that we're all playing with ourselves. It's, it, we're constantly putting ourselves on some sort of measurement tool against absolutely everybody else without having any understanding of what it is that they know, what it is they've gone through. You know, we see things on the outside. And when you take away that for them, like you don't have to live in a place where your mind is constantly looking for how much worse you are (laughs) at things than other people. You just get to show up as yourself, bring your unique gifts. I mean, that's life-changing, right? It's absolutely life-changing if to let go of the comparison, the looking around and, and have women start looking in again, start trusting that inner voice that's like, I know it doesn't make sense, but purple, you know, <laughs> it's what I want. It's what makes me feel good. Okay, but but what's she going to think or what's he going to think? And, oh, my gosh, well, our neighbours, if we end up doing that, are they going to be really cross at us? Or um, when people come over, are they just going to think like, did these guys lose their marbles? Or would they want us to be braver when all I really want is something plain? And do you know, like, stop, like, lose the stories of, of comparison and suddenly you've created a freedom for yourself to be exactly who you are in this world. And isn't that kind of what we all want? Like, exactly. and in terms of your community, like, have their, their homes be a reflection of who they are. But yet we complicate it and because it, it's all coming from this place and we, we often don't even know it. Like I'm just going off on tangents here, Amelia, so you can just stop me anytime. No, I'm enjoying the tangents. Um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, when, we, when I was younger, my mum and dad did everything around the house. They couldn't afford to have people in, which meant that things were a little bit slack dash, which meant that they were doing, like, to me, home ownership looked like really hard work. Now, it's only recently, I'm 41 years old, I still rent. I have never, um, I have an investment property, but I've never lived in a house that I've owned. And I've started to, because I'm always thinking about why did I end up here? What am I telling myself about this situation? What's, what's the subconscious story? And I'm like, well, it's because it didn't look that fun to me to own a house. I saw my parents painting the outside of a house every bloody five years or whatever it was. And gardens looked stressful. They didn't get to do things. I mean, they said that they enjoyed it. But as a kid, what I was doing was going, oh, it would be fun to play. But, yeah, you've got to and you've got to do the guttering and you've got to do this and that. I don't want to spend my life doing all that sort of thing. And then things would be expensive. I'm going to need to pay for that. 
And so, you know, I mean, we've all got so many money stories based on how we were brought up. But I realise I've got house stories too. And um, and what it would mean to like actually own a house feels like it would take away from my life right now. Isn't that like when you actually stop and ask yourself, well, why am I resisting this? Why do I want a house that's already done and I'd struggle with a house that needs work? It's because in my mind I believe it's going to be really expensive, really boring, take all my time and, you know, that's not necessarily true. Very much so. But we don't stop to question, do we? Exactly. And I think I think that's one of the big things is just that that opportunity to be aware and start to interrogate there's these patterns and habits of thoughts that are just coursing through your brain every millisecond uh, so that you can actually get your subconscious working for you rather than against you. And I think that it's really tremendous. Like I love that that scenario. I know that when I, uh, when I did Ready for Change, um, a story that I acknowledged and that I'd known had been hanging around for a very long time, but it really came to light during the work that um, I was doing inside your program was that if something's not hard, I haven't really earned it. You know, if I haven't had to work really hard for it, then the success isn't deserved. And if it doesn't look like hard work and, um, you know, requires a lot of tenacity and determination, um, if it comes too easily, then I'm cheating and it's not to be trusted. And I know I could pin down where these stories come from. You know, I know my parents were both incredibly hard workers. Um, you know, my my dad always said, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. You know, um, all of the, my mum <laughs> thought that people what? who inherited money were, you know, it's, there's all of this, you can just start to, and you just find that you're peeling layer after layer after layer mm. of where all of these things come that actually end up just being the platform from which you operate without even having a conscious Knowing awareness it. of it. And and so it's been fantastic to then start telling myself a different story of, you know, I welcome ease, I welcome comfort, I, you know, um, I've done the hard work already, you know, this this is the fruition of hard work I've done already. All of those kinds of sto- those those new stories that you can start telling yourself to rewire those paths in your subconscious brain to then be actually showing up really differently. And I know that because I did that work, I then was able to open up opportunities of how I could look differently at the way I was spending my time in my business, in my family life. And I look at the last seven months of my life and they've just been entirely different as a result and I've been far more relaxed as a result as well and you know you talk about your parents and how house ownership looked hard and a struggle and expensive and those kinds of things and I think about my experience was more the positive side and it's probably why I've ended up where I have because my mum was um, you know I grew up in a single parent household she loved doing up the place it was always kind of every three years she was painting the outside an entirely different color she was painting the inside an entirely different color she was doing very low cost you know upholstery and those kinds of things to completely change the look and the feel and it was it was always quite a bit of fun because you'd come home and you'd find her up a ladder you know and she worked full time so she was often up there in the evenings she's only five foot and a half an inch tall so it was you know she's this <laughs> tenacious fierce woman who still in her 70s renovates the properties that she lives in and gives tradespeople a run for their money and can use a drill and all of that kind of stuff and so for me it always looked accessible it I could see that she had to be fierce and tenacious to make it happen because she got treated like a single mum who didn't know what she was doing people she had tradies say where's your husband I don't know if you're going to be able to pay me she just had a fierceness about her in all of her interactions and she showed that it had a transformational impact not only on the way the house looked but how we then got to live like that house that she turned something that was a very standard simple home into a fantastic comfortable haven for us through her own grit and determination and creativity and so I know too that that's why the subconscious belief in me that I'm capable of the things that I want to do and particularly around home ownership and you know all of those kinds of things my subconscious belief is I could never live in a home long term that I don't own because I want to be able to change it. I want to have wow. that ability. Oh. So I think it's really interesting to see where these stories are working for you just as much as they are against you. Of course, if you can re-engineer the ones that are working against you, then the idea is that you're then getting far more working for you. But it's fascinating, isn't it, when you do start to unpack this stuff and I can imagine when you see it around you, you know, we were talking before we jumped on, when you just start to assess 
the experiences you're having with other people and you start to see the stories that they're obviously telling themselves that are showing up in the way that they're interacting with you, their behaviour, you know, those kinds of things. It just enables you to just be in an entirely different place in the way that you move about your life, doesn't it? It does. And even just the awareness of it is half the – that is a shift in itself. And, you know, it's interesting hearing hearing what you're saying because – your mum could be doing all that stuff and uh, and so my, my sister ended up studying interior design. So oh, this wow. is the other thing about stories, right? So I have an older brother and a younger sister. There were three of us and like they both keep homes immaculately. My mum, you know, really like really tidy. I'm like the <laughs> I could just walk past it a few hundred times and then I'm like, oh yeah, I really should do something about that. I just don't have the same, but they they were actually very motivated to buy homes and do things to their homes and spend weekends tinkering on things. And this is the this is a fascinating thing is that we talk a, about it a lot in Ready for Change is our interpretations and the meaning that we give things is then what becomes the story. It's not actually the event. It's not actually the thing. It's what you made your mum up that ladder mean to you becomes the story. And for me, what, you know, I saw mum and dad building pergolas and, you know, quietly swearing under their breath. But, you know, they they were also, you know, they would say that they were very proud of the home and that this was what they did and they love gardening and that they do all that sort of stuff. But my interpretation was that looks a bit sucky. And it's and and when we get conscious to the fact, and this is why we call them stories, not truths, and we go through and try to work out, well, what is actually true here? Because and, and, and it's it's why you can actually choose new stories because what's happened is over our lifetimes is we've been making all these little interpretations and there's a lot also, especially for women, around that whole idea of being the good girl. You know, we know we, we all kind of, you know, we aspire to be good, you know, some women uh, and girls and and we build up these stories about what that means and 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 then we look for proof about it but it wasn't necessarily truths it was interpretations that we were making these stories that we were creating like oh I see that when she when she does that she gets rewarded that must mean she's being good I can do that and we kind of lose these bits of ourselves over time and our brain because it loves repetition will just keep repeating these stories to us to the point where it believes them to be true like you know the one I I think I bring it up in ready for change about being a finisher so many women are like I start things and I never finish them and I don't know if this comes up in your community where people leave projects half done or they don't trust themselves to complete things and it's like you're telling yourself this, but I bet you ate your breakfast from start to finish. Or I bet at uni, if there was an assignment to do, you completed that assignment because there was a due date and there was some sort of motivation for you to do that. I bet that, you know, you haven't just packed up and, and, and left your children when they turned two. Because you're finishing the job of parenting. You know, you're in and out. You're not, no one's doing it perfectly. It's, you know, perfection's an illusion anyway. But you, like, you're showing up as a finisher all the time. So stop looking for proof of this story you've been telling yourself. Choose a different story. And that's what you were speaking to before was this ability to, that, that we actually have. Once we realize that it's been a story the whole time, well, then why not choose a new story and work with your brain to program that new one in that takes you closer to where it is that you want to be because it's totally possible. And when you do it like you have, it's like, what? 
I'm going to keep busting the stories. Give me more. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's like you just crack open and you get a shine of light through and it's like, oh, what else could be in here? Let's keep going. So um, I'm wondering if I can. Because that hard work one is massive. Oh, it is. That's... It is. And it's, Um, I know that we talked about it when I was inside Ready for Change and you gave me some great pointers to start thinking about alternative stories that I could tell myself. And um, you know, I've also been doing hypnosis and, and uh, a lot of meditation and those kinds of things. And that it's quite interesting because you do start to see when you bust these stories that your trust in yourself just really transforms. And I think that, I think that this kind of end up, ends up being one of those core things that underpins so much of our lack of confidence and our doubt in the world and our our inability to sort of do things that we say we want to do. It's that whole thing of why do you do what you do when you know what you know. Um, it's that that we are, we are bombarded by messages that you can't trust yourself because I'm going to tell you that this is what you actually need to be enough, to be better, to be more, to have more, to achieve more, to be more successful. And I'm going to, whatever this I, this kind of out there messaging is and this external source of authority that tells us constantly we need to be measuring up to this pretend standard and we're going to just keep sending you messages that this is actually what's required then it, it it's constantly undermining that sense of trust in yourself so to try and re-engineer those stories so that you can connect back to that that inner trust what I've found in doing it is it just changes what's non-negotiable for me. It changes the that platform that I then operate from. So it becomes then you think, okay, well, I was, it's that, it is that thing that you, and I love that example of where can you find easy evidence that is to the contrary of this negative story that you're telling yourself because guarantee that you'll find it and where your focus goes, the energy flows. So if you can focus your energy instead on those stories of where you have actually delivered on that positive thing, you'll find that that's the evidence that you then see more of. So I'm wondering if we can run a bit of a scenario because I know that one of the things that I get a lot from uh, particularly the female members of my um, program and my community is that they just don't like confrontation and they're stepping into a male-dominated industry when they're renovating or building. They're dealing with uh, burly builders and lots of tradespeople and those kinds of things and a lot of male architects and designers as well. And they're really uh, frustrated because they feel like they're not being listened to, their point of view is not being heard, but they struggle to stand up for themselves because they don't like confrontation. They feel that it's going to make things awkward, that they'll be labelled as that kind of client um, and that they just don't know how to basically ask for what they want and uh, drive the process so that they actually get to deliver the outcome of the home that they're dreaming of or be able to corral the advice that they're getting into a direction towards that. So what do you see for women around that whole thing about the inability to speak up out of a fear of looking a certain way, not being liked, being labelled, those kinds of things, and that ultimately then preventing them from actually opening their mouth? And and even that they see it as confrontation, because I'm constantly saying, look, that's not confrontation. That's you actually just expressing your opinion. So how do you see all of that? And what are your suggestions for people thinking about how they might re-engineer those stories? It's such a great example, because I actually think this one runs really, really deep. I think it runs really to all of our visibility stories. You know, the safetiness or lack thereof that women feel to be fully seen and fully expressed. A lot of times in this very patriarchal society that we live in and for generations and generations, it actually hasn't been safe for women to stamp their feet and say, hey, no, um, we're doing it this way. And, you know, that conditioning that we have around being the good girl is often about being quiet. Like I was told my whole life, Lisa, you just do it too loud. If you could just, you know, quieten on down, like not everyone needs to know you're in the room. And I'd be like, oh, yes. But at what they were really saying, you know, it's that um, good girls are seen and not heard, blah, blah, blah. Now, even although we can intellectually know that's BS. Do we really? Do we really operate from that place? 
we've taken on intergenerational stories of what being a good girl, a good woman means, and it's often not being heard. It's deferring to the men in the room. It's allowing their egos and their opinions to dominate because for some, and and for very real reasons, sometimes it hasn't been safe to do so. And, you know, I think this is also comfort zone kind of talk. Like when we need to step out and be more than we've been before, when we need to put ourselves in positions that don't feel comfortable, our brain will find every single reason it can to keep you in your comfort zone, nice and safe. It's not cool out there. It's, it is uncomfortable, hence the whole comfort zone term. And so it'll throw up scenarios that is you totally future casting, like, oh, they're going to not respect me or they're going to not do as good a job because I'm going to be seen as that client. Um, Really? Like, can you actually say with certainty that that's going to be the outcome? Or is that just you future casting and creating your brain, creating a really great reason for you to just stay quiet and stay small? And it's when you really get conscious to the fact that uh, like of what you're really afraid of, and if it's if it's if you if you really do need to be afraid this day and age, you know, at having a phone call that's going to give you that funny feeling in your tummy, and that's going to push back on someone who maybe likes being right, you know, you can remind yourself you're safe to do that, and that what you're afraid of is maybe not necessarily what's going to happen anyway. But who aren't you to step forward with your opinion? Like why do we make it okay for others to override us? And I think that this is the the whole concept of, you know, just ugh, I just don't want to ruffle. I just want everyone to be happy. You know, we are all so tap dance around so everyone else feels good. And in the meantime, our opinions, our voice is not heard. Our knowledge is not put on the table. Like it, it, when when you say it like that, it just doesn't even make sense as to why we wouldn't. Why why shouldn't we have a voice at the table? Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. But, you know, what are you willing to then just not get your desired outcome? What is more important to you? The desired outcome or staying comfortable. And if it's staying comfortable, don't speak up. But if you really know what you want, then you're going to have to kind of get cool with a yucky feeling or sweaty palms or upsetting someone who you like. You know, I think we are all so wanting everyone to like us and, um, and that can keep us also from using our voice. And really, it's not important for everyone in the world to like us. Not everyone will. That's just the thing. Uh, so um, I'm not too sure if that's probably like a mad scramble of ideas, um, but hopefully it would give people somewhere to go with with that because it's it's a whole load of things. But I think it really comes from the fact that we don't even know it but we are living, we are still living in a very patriarchal system. And we have to, if we want to break that, then we have to be conscious to do it, to show up in new ways, to say, this is not how we work anymore. My, my, my voice and my opinion is just as valid as anybody else. I think that um, it's quite interesting when you see people really struggle with speaking up for themselves and, it's that question of what are you actually gaining by being quiet? You know, what are you gaining by being in your comfort zone? Because chances are you are probably gaining something. And at the moment, that's Mm. something that you're gaining is enough for you to stay stuck where you are. And so when you start to actually then think, okay, well, what I'm gaining is that I don't run the risk of being difficult or being disliked or or perhaps my opinion being wrong, you know, and being proven wrong and me looking foolish. Mm. Um, 
and and uh, not running the risk of people laughing at me. And and again, that whole thing that you said earlier about what we make it mean and the mental rehearsal that we will do sometimes, not even just minutes and hours down the track, but months and years down the track of what that future yes. projection of the decision we make in that next moment is actually going to mean for us. When in actual fact, nothing's really irreversible. Nothing's, you know, like opening your mouth, not ever. I mean, it's, there's, I think that the consequences we imagine are always so much more dramatic and significant than what reality oh. might potentially present to us. So do you see that being something that once women uh, and the women that you work with start to realize, hang on oh my gosh, I've just made that mean X, Y, and Z, and I could equally make it mean, you know, A, B, and C. I can imagine that there's lots of women that say, no, no, Lisa, you don't get it. Like, uh, this is actually real for me. Like, I have, like, I can prove to you, like, I don't have the money to do this, or I don't, you know, I don't have the time to do this. Um, and uh, it's, how how do you sort of unpack that idea of, what we're making things mean, that mental rehearsal that's always much more significant and that sort of part of the puzzle so that we can really start to connect with that awareness in a way because it can be incredibly confronting when you start to figure this out about yourself, can't it? You have to be pretty honest with yourself and that can be a really rude shock that you've actually been you've been doing this to yourself in some way, shape or form, not, not intentionally at a subconscious level generally not through a fault of your own because it's how you've been brought up and where you live and those kinds of things. But that, that when you, how do you get people to that place of first going, Oh, 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 okay. All right. You know, how that whole making it mean things and that interpretation, what's your experience with that? Uh, it's amazing when you do start to see the light bulbs go off for, for women. And you know, cause I, um, share a lot about this inside ready for change for for me and what I encourage women to do is to have a lot of compassion for themselves and see themselves with curiosity so it's not judgment so when you come to the place where you're like oh my goodness me and so there's the reason why you never committed to buying a house wow so then we could just jump on the judgment train and be like well you idiot you know, what's wrong with you? How could you let something like this stop you from building wealth for your family, you selfish? And then, you know, really start to go to town on yourself. Whereas I'm always like, just be kind to yourself. We don't, we're not sure. Our, our, that subconscious has literally collected every single thing through your entire life. And and we, we, we don't even we don't even use it. It's like 90% of what we do each day is coming from that place. And most of us are like, oh. Um, so I always encourage people as they're going through this process of uncovering stories uh, to, to just view themselves with curiosity and just like, what's going on here? Oh, my goodness. And then wow, I'm so glad I've just had that moment because I think we have normalized talking badly to ourselves. I think just we just have, the, you know, that whole negativity bias thing and we just look for all the things that are wrong. It's sort of almost like fashionable to do it. Who are we to actually be like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just loving giving it a go. You just don't hear that very often. It's more like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to destroy, you know, the foundations. I'm going to, you, you know, and we lives. catastrophize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to destroy the environment in the process. I don't know enough about this. I'm going to hire the wrong person. I'm going to Kill my family's finances. When instead, yep, everything. Yep. yep, yep, everything. Or we could just be, you know what, I'm just going to give myself a lot of grace because I want this and – Every single time I learn something new or I come up against a block, I'm just going to call that a learning. So I'm getting to where I want to be instead of just seeing everything as like things as a failure or things as, you know, roadblocks. It's like, is it blocking the road or is this just asking 
me to step up and into something that feels a little bit uncomfortable or has this just not gone the way that I thought it was going to go and we get so attached I mean, I think that would be a really, really big one for renovations and timelines and designing, you know, things. Like, can you ima- can you imagine like some a project actually going from start to finish with no issues whatsoever? Like, it's actually would never happen. So it's more like let's just welcome in when these moments come. This is a new chance to learn. Like. When you get to realize that the way you talk to yourself impacts how you show up for the thing, then you're putting yourself back in the driver's seat. You're in your power instead of feeling like all the time, and this is what I see just everywhere, is that we think that the circumstances around us, we are we have to be almost like a victim to. And, you know, if uh, if something gets delayed or if something isn't delivered on time or if it's like, oh, see, this always happens to me or this is just going to mean blah, 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 blah. Well, hang on a minute. Is it? Okay, yeah, it does stretch a timeline. But we kind of probably had to expect that. I mean, I'm talking, I'm trying to talk your language and I've really no, got no probably, idea about we probably all made up the sort of timeline architecture. In the, yeah, I talk a lot about how the deadlines that we, we create with renovation and building are often self-imposed. Yet once we get into them, all of a sudden they have to be the deadline and we make all sorts of haste, uh, hasty decisions and urgent decisions because of this imposed deadline that we've created for ourselves. So it is, it's very true. Yes, and, and we get attached. Yeah, we, totally We're like, attached. I, I will be failing, failing if I don't reach that deadline when it's, you've you've created it for yourself anyway but this is the thing also about just taking personal responsibility like if you're a person for who everything is always really overwhelming and really stressful well you know is that the world out there or is that who you're being for all of this stuff and and if you were to be 100% responsible for the outcomes are you showing up as the calmest most confident version of of you for this and I think that's where as women we get to take back the reins because we can actually set our own dial for this stuff once we start to unpack you know I, I mean I just thought life was chaos I genuinely just was like how do people get to places on time I just what are they doing that I'm not doing maybe if their kids maybe my kids will be older and then everything will be easier and it's like no, this is actually about you. This is about you really having to look at yourself and the way that you've set yourself up, the way that you talk to yourself about who you are, you know, a chaotic, disorganized person and actually coming at it from a completely different angle. And now I solo parent my kids. Um, Their dad passed away in, in 2019. I run a business. You know, we've got all the extracurriculars. We've got you know, all of the bits. And yet because I'm operating from a place of of calm and feeling organized and getting support, I think, you know, women just try to do everything themselves and that's just a recipe for disaster. Um, (laughs) Then it just means that work flows differently. It means that socializing happens, you know, not to my detriment but to fill up my life. It means that boundaries are easier to to see when they're getting muddied because, hey, like feeling peaceful and calm as my base is what I'm all about. In, and that was a conscious choice. And I think that, you know, we don't realise that we have the ability to flick that dial and, and we need to really look at ourselves with compassion um, and curiosity about what might need to change and what we might need to take responsibility for when stuff keeps repeating for us. Yeah, I, I, I know that we need to wrap up, but I just wanted to ask you one quick question because I think it flows on from that is, and something that I see in my community a lot and I see in women generally is 
they feel that they take on have to take on all of the responsibility. And this can happen a lot in their projects. I mean, women are making 80% of the purchasing decisions when it comes to renovating a building. Oftentimes I see the members in my community being mainly female who are the ones driving their project journey. And be it because they are a stay-at-home mum and apparently they have all the time in the world to do it, um, or because it's just their passion and they're most closely involved in the idea of their future home and they're making it happen. But then there's a resentment about the amount of responsibility that they are taking on and a frustration that their partner's not more involved, that they're not helping out. And it's kind of like, I feel like I'm having to make all of the decisions. And yet I also feel like if I fail, I'm going to get be blamed for the outcomes of those decisions. And what do you, what do you see in terms of, of different ways to think about that in terms of how you can potentially relinquish some of the control that you pretend you have on your mm-hmm. life and the outcomes because ultimately you don't really have a lot of control on much in your life and then also how you can deal with some of that resentment that you might be holding around being 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 the one who has to hold all of the things and carry all of the things well you know i think we have to look at the stories you know and yeah, we feel resentment when a resentment is based on expectations and sometimes uh, it's the expectations that we have of, of ourselves that can really get in the way. Uh, I always tell people you, you can't get other people to a party, like they have to come to the party. So if if you're being 100% responsible for not getting overwhelmed with completing this project and managing your life and you know, you could just sit there feeling kind of grumpy that your partner's not as on board as you would like them to be. Well, then what are you going to do for yourself? And it might be that you want this to take up all your, like this is a really important thing to do. So what else in your life can be outsourced? How else can you call in support? Would it help if on a weekend maybe you organized with a friend to do a four-hour they take your kids one weekend on a Saturday afternoon and then you do it for them the following Saturday afternoon. So you can just get a block to sit down with your partner and work stuff out if you want to get them on board. Like really just stop being in the resentment and start being in the solutions. Do you need to get a cleaner or a housekeeper to come in and just help you keep on top of things? Because that's hours to your week that you could be spending on this project. Do you maybe need a longer day sometimes? So you need to, uh, you know, put kids in after school care twice a week. Like really, what do you need in order to show up as your best self for this? When When our attention is on what we're not getting from other people and how this is unfair, we're in our, we're in victimhood. We're in like our woe is me. We have no power because we're waiting for other people or situations to change that may never. That's not where our power lies. Our power lies in what we can do to set ourselves up for success. And often that includes asking for help. And we're so uncomfortable about doing that. Well, does someone else need to step up around you? Is there something that needs to to change? And if that's the case and you haven't communicated it, then it's on you. But if you have communicated it and said, I really need a little bit of extra support and it doesn't come from the person that you want it to come from, go and find it from somewhere else. Hire a babysitter Um, create the space and the room. Do you work best in the mornings or do you work best at night? Like what would it mean for you to just set your alarm a little bit earlier and give yourself, you know, half an hour, even just, I mean, I use that time to meditate or do self-hypnosis because for me that sets me up for a more productive day. But no one else is going to do that for me. Like no one else is going to make this easier for your community, they have to choose to make it easier for themselves. 
Lisa, I can't thank you enough for the wisdom that you've shared. There's just been all these lovely light bulb moments. And, and I mean, I, I always learn when I uh, speak with you and hear from you. So uh, it's been, been fantastic for me as well. And I hope that it's been hugely beneficial for uh, the UA community who are listening and watching. And it's just been awesome to be able to spend this time with you. And you've shared so generously and given so many uh, relevant and useful examples. I know it's going to be incredibly helpful for everyone. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Lisa. Golly gosh, Lisa and I covered a lot of ground there, didn't we? I, I Look, I really do hope that you found our conversation helpful. And maybe you've got some new perspectives on thoughts and experiences that you've been having in your project and in your life, but not had a lot of awareness around. You just thought that was the way things were, but you're seeing them perhaps in a new light now. You know, Undercover Architect and and me, I'm always about giving you the tools and the knowledge so that you can get it right in your reno or new home. And I think Lisa's wisdom that she's shared here and the conversation that we have, it can definitely be added to the toolkit that you use for your project journey. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Lisa and how she can help you, please head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash Lisa. I've got all the links there that you need to find her online. Uh, on social media and Lisa's also got a podcast of her own called Conversations with Lisa that I encourage you to check out as well. Plus, if you'd like to learn more about her program Ready for Change, you can also head to that same link, undercoverarchitect.com forward slash Lisa. I've got links there for you to check it out. If you're listening in early May of 2021, you'll be in time for her free video series and the next uh, time she's opening the doors to Ready for Change, which is very soon. Um, otherwise, if it's any other time, just go ahead and check out that uh, link under uh, undercoverarchitect.com forward slash Lisa and you'll be able to find out more information about Lisa and the program. Please share this podcast episode with family, friends, colleagues, even strangers, basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing, building and renovating their family homes. I love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener. It is just awesome. Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Bye.